Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other, and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other, and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. But these fellas, they get such a f***ing shit shock next Saturday evening that we put them back in their f***ing houses for f***ing years. No Willie, no Kane, no Stevie, no Connor. Just one man and his love for this thing we call the GAA. Welcome to the GAA, brought to you by Paddy Power, with myself, Conan Doherty. Don't worry, you're not going to be stuck with me on my own the whole time. I've got not one, not two, but three interviews coming up, and we're going to dive straight into it very soon. First up, we've got Kilmacud Crooks manager Robbie Brennan ahead of their Leinster semi final with Port Leash. We've got the other Leinster semi-final interest going on in the preview. We've got Mickey Graham from Cavan coming up. He's manager of Monolacta and he's a new Cavan manager. And also Galway and Cora Finn wingback Kieran Malloy ahead of their Connacht final with Ballantubber. I had the misfortune of getting up close and personal with Kieran Malloy a couple of months ago in the All-Ireland Sevens. And well, to be honest, I say up close and personal. I mean, I shook his hand before the game and then I didn't get within 10 metres of him when the game actually started. So I can confirm that Corofin, the All-Ireland Champions, are a good team. Our friend Colin Parkinson is away creating more Parkinson's. Um, he's, yeah, he's he's delivering another baby. Um, he's going to have a little army for himself soon down in Port Leash. He'll have more people to tell the story of that time he won the All-Ireland Minor title in 1998, if you didn't. If you didn't know by now, he hasn't really talked about it that much on the show. But um, to keep with tradition and to keep with the format of the the great show that he has uh, put on for us over the last three seasons, I'll run through a very quick bit of news before we dive into the Robbie Brennan interview. Um, Porrick Joyce, Galway legend, one of the best footballers of all time, certainly one of the most beautiful footballers with the most beautiful left feet. Um, He is in charge of the Galway under-20s. Background team still to be confirmed, but that's a big appointment for Galway. Um... Obviously, it was in with the international rules with Joe Kernan and with Dara O'Shea, so he is now in charge of the under 20s. Uh, massive news for Galway football to have somebody like that in charge of the underage setup. Um, Mark Hart, Mickey Hart's son, is taking over at Clondoff. The Down Championship is going to be unreal next year. So, Mark Hart, along with Adrian O'Donnell, they seem to go everywhere together. Um, they're in charge now for 2019 at Clondoff. Clondoff haven't won since 2000. Um, and they're up against it I must say they're up against it because not only are Byrne the new champions and a powerhouse a historic powerhouse of Ulster football um, under Paddy O'Rourke and Steve McDonnell our own Steve McDonnell um, but they also have Kilku who had just won six in a row before Byrne knocked them off their perch and on top of that they have bloody Mickey Moran who had won three Ulster titles of Stockneil now with Conniff Gilligan Ballanderry and Derry legend in his first management venture so they're in charge of Kilku Byrne are the champions and now we've got Mark Hart and Adrian O'Donnell in charge of Clondoff. 
they have a bit of success so far. They won the Ulster Intermediate Football Championship with Pomeroy in Tyrone. They won the Fermanagh Championship in 2014 as well as the Senior League with Rossley Shamrocks. They were in charge of Ballon Derry. They didn't have success at Ballon Derry relatively. Um, they lost by four points in a quarter final, but they drew Stock Neil, who you know were going on to another Ulster title, so there's no shame in that. Um, Ballon Derry haven't won the Derry Championship since 2013. Um, but yeah, so Mickey Hart's son and Adrian O'Donnell are continuing their rise and now they're in down which is going to be a very interesting championship next year elsewhere Michal Donoghue back to Galway uh, two more years with Galway hurlers of course he's won the All-Ireland he's won Leicester Championships he got to the All-Ireland final this year so two more years up to 2020 for him Mick Bowen or Bohan as Willie would say but Willie pronounces a lot of things wrong mostly TG4 as he would say uh, Mick Bowen is uh, another two years with the Dublin ladies um, after two All-Irelands uh, a league title two Leinster Championships so another great coup for them and David Fitzgerald has brought another Waterford man into his backroom team in the shape of Stephen Malumphy at Wexford so he's going to become one of the Le- uh, Wexford coaches and the Wexford people reporting that the Ballyduff upper club man will join David Fitzgerald's backroom team which already includes JJ Doyle Searsha Bolfin and Keith Rossiter um, so that's all the news we're going to dive straight into an interview here straight into previews here comes Robbie Brennan Okay, I've got Kilmacud Crooks Joint Manager Robbie Brennan on the line. Robbie, everything I've read about you, it says you're an adaptable adaptable coach. You'll adapt your team to whatever the team is. You're, you'll adapt your system to whatever the team is. Can you talk about your philosophy a little bit? Yeah, I suppose a lot of it kind of is really just see what team you have under you, I suppose, first. And I suppose being between my time in Dunboyne and then in, in Sylvester's and obviously now in Kilmacud you'd have a different different vari- variable of players so you're kind of trying to adapt to what's, what's, what's under your hood I suppose and uh, even this year we've, we've, we've had probably four or five different types of performances in the championship given the type of team that we're, that we're facing so um, ideally you'd love to from a philosophy point of view get out and let them play football and, and let them at it that's the first starting point and then obviously trying to get your, your matchups right and tactically get it right from there so uh, yeah I think nowadays you have to be that you don't know what you're going to face with, with, with different squads so it's one of the key factors would you look on and see without hanging any any fellow managers out to dry? But would you ever like you know see some like, sort of extremes at both sides where like they are just sort of beholden to a philosophy too much? So like somebody's so defensive and they won't come out of that, and then they don't win the game. And somebody's so attacking and they're naive and they get caught. Do you see that often in the game? And people should be a bit more sort of responsive to what's happening. Yeah, you do. I think there's no doubt about that. Even this year, again, won't say who, but you'd have seen us, seen it in Dublin, seen it in seen it in Ulster already this season, and. You just wonder sometimes why guys. I, I, you know, you get that you have a, a certain set of beliefs you want to play to, but you've got to, you've got to adapt that. Particularly if it's, if it's, if it's really noticeable. And uh, I think a couple, of, one particular game up the north this year, just recently, you would have seen one team just set out their stall, and this is the way they play without, without adapting, left themselves very open uh, to the opposition. So yeah, no, it, it is there. And then again, you see it how many times a team are winning against a defensive team, and they refuse to come out of their shell and. I personally don't get it. I just don't see why you can't. I, I understand you have to stick, say, stick to your guns, but surely you've got to have a plan B to be able to come out and, and adapt if, if, if necessary. It doesn't, it just, to me, it just doesn't make sense. Do, do you think football's moving away a bit now from, like, I, I thought personally that, you know, a lot of defensive crazes were happening because, you know, there might have been managers moving around and they might have been there for two or three years at a certain team and it's guaranteed them that they wouldn't get their arses handed to them basically so you set up defensively and you can sort of make a bit of progress fast but do you think now people realise that to win you have to do something else yeah yeah I think so I think it's there was a stage as, as, as you rightly say a few years ago where that was definitely the case and you'd, you'd, you'd probably coaches and managers moving from, from squad to squad and trying to put their their stamp on it no matter what they had the type of players they had but it's, it is, I think it's coming back a little bit I'd like to think it is anyway um, like it'll always be there there's no doubt but I think it's coming back around a small bit to uh, to a bit more attacking football and, and away from the defensive side of things Yeah and tell me like obviously you got Johnny McGee in review at Kilmacud Crooks how important is that to have like the right men around you? Yeah it's huge it's it's uh, it's, it's predominantly a, a Kim McCood management team and obviously Shane is there Shane Smith and, and Paul Hussey as well um, 
but it's yeah, it's brilliant. It's, it's great for us. I mean, as as club men to be coming back in and, and and have those guys around us. I mean, we know the place so well. It's it's in our blood, I suppose. So it's it's it, it's it's a natural fit. And uh, yeah, we have a great management team with Johnny there as well, and, and Paul Griffin, Robbie Leahy, and as I say Shane Smith doing the coaching. So it's uh, we've a nice balance this year with it. You've actually teed up my next question. Lovely. I was just going to ask you about managing your own club. Like, is is there? Some sort of pressure with it. Obviously, you've managed now. I know you played with Dunboyne, but like you've managed two clubs yeah. outside of Kilmacud. Is there a bit more pressure with managing your own club, or is it better? Like I know everyone knows you, and you know everyone, and you know their bloody parents and your friends of some people, and you know the <laughs> politics and there's baggage. Like, is it a bit harder managing your own club or easier? I I think so. I think it's probably fifty fifty. Really, I mean, from from a satisfaction point of view, when you win. It's it's probably the best feeling ever, uh, particularly when the when the whistle went against you that day. I'm not sure I felt anything like it, even as a player. So, and um, that side of it is 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 phenomenal. I think yeah, the other side of it, if you're living and breathing, it's like both myself and Johnny aren't living in Kilmacud anymore. Johnny's in Ashburn and I'm in Dunboyne, so we're not we're not in the place 24 7. We're there when we train, and I suppose part from meeting your outside of it. Um, Dunboyne was different because you're living right there, and every second person you meet wants to talk about yeah. it. And of course, you're open to a bit more abuse, abuse depending on how the results are going but uh, yeah it's probably 50-50 to be honest with you as I say the, the joy of the winning is, is that much sweeter when it's your own um, but a little bit more pressure I suppose when, when things aren't going well that that abuse you talk like would you would you ever come across anybody and have an argument with them while you're managing a team like somebody outside the team yeah, 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 yeah. It does happen, unfortunately. And I would maybe not so much an argument, but probably more so uh, someone trying to give you their opinion on what you should or shouldn't be doing. And, and as I say, when you're right in the thick of it, that happens more so than not. When you're able to go to train and then drive back into Dunboyne, nobody's too 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 worried about what you're doing out in Kilmacud Bar. When we played them, obviously, but um, the norm is, is you can just get on with it then, you know. So, uh, but yeah, there's always there's always you know yourself. There's always someone who has a an opinion they can do it either better than than you can, or you should be changing something but look that's that's the GAA that's part and parcel and say that's in every club yeah I was interested to read you talking about um, a bit a bit of pressure to, you know Kilmacud hadn't won since 2010 and you were talking about pressure now me as a as a blue in I just you know assumed that it was Vincent's and Ballymun and Ballyboden they would be the three favourites and then maybe Kilmacud after that but did you feel that there yeah. was expectation to win a championship I think I mean we never we never really we didn't put it on ourselves certainly I suppose maybe historically there might be a little bit of pressure there or expectation that that, that we should be doing better um, I suppose off the back of there was a lot of under 21 success and underage success and numbers as you know yourself kind of are huge out in the club so so yeah there probably is a little bit of expectation to be fair to the committee when they appointed us there was no pressure put on literally no expectations it was just trying and um, build it again maybe over a couple of two three year period and see where we could where we could get to so to, to, to win it the first year was great um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't call it pressure maybe expectation yeah I mean you know that's the the eighth one we've won so it's not like it's the first one we've won and, and, and people are were waiting for you to do it but um it probably surprised a few people that we got it done in the first year, yeah. Yeah, and do you, do you think you're in a better position than a club, say, like Ballymun, who obviously have so many county men? And by my reckon, I think, is it three that you have? Is it Paul Mannion, Keanu Sullivan and Andrew McGowan? Are they the only ones in the county panel? Yeah, yeah, they're the three of the seniors. And then, look, you know yourself, obviously, it goes into, into the 20s then. And um, obviously, Liam Flatman was just up out of the Dublin minors. So there's always, there's always guys missing. But it, it certainly does... I think it must have an impact on Bally Mum when you've got about six, seven, is it, that, yeah. that they have out with Dublin at times. So um, that obviously is an issue for them. But yeah, three, three is three is manageable. I think three is manageable. I think I don't know how you do it with six or seven because your squad is gone for the majority of the year. But uh, three isn't too bad. Hopefully, it stays that there's no four gone for next year. <laughs> <laughs> is it a lot easier in the fact that it's a two of them or Keanu Sullivan where you know he's going to come in and sort of be that rock for you and Paul Mannion's going to be that full forward for you is that easier sort of as well to manage like everyone knows what they'll have when they come back yeah that's obviously a, a huge factor the lads are, are so experienced and, and again they're there for whatever number obviously Keane longer than Paul now but Paul is at that stage where he's done it enough and like them coming back in it's nothing new now for them just to, to slip back into the system and what we're doing and look I've said it before a few times kind of like they're brilliant when they come back in around the squad they're, they're, like their influence is, is, is huge and I suppose you wouldn't expect it any other way when someone as successful as they have been with Dublin coming back in they should be able to lead like that but uh, they're definitely a plus when we get them back
Mm. And can you give me a flavour of like the demands of your your own week, Robbie? Like just as a manager, like you know, like we always talk about how much players do, and especially when they're playing for different teams. But yeah. I know managers, like there is that old saying that like you know, no one will ever have more training sessions than a manager because a manager will be there at every one. But then outside of that, they're going home and they're looking at tapes and like what what would you what would honestly a week entail for you? Yeah, it's busy. There's no doubt about it. Um, look, uh, the key to us is because we've got a great management team and everybody does their own little piece, which is great. You're not you're not having to do everything. And um, like Shane and and uh, Paul and and Robbie do the the two two Pauls and Robbie he do the majority of the coaching, and then myself and Johnny are there obviously overseeing. Um, but yeah, the analysis stuff. So it's 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 from Monday right through to video analysis work on Saturdays and team meetings, and you're dealing with committees and looking at panels and the movement of players up and down and uh, challenge matches and injuries and physios and so look it's, it's non-stop it's, it's pretty much full on uh, for most of the week but um, look you wouldn't have it any other way you'd be bored without it I'd say. <laughs> and then I suppose taking Port Leash for, as an example I mean will you have watched a couple of their games at least now you know before this weekend yeah we'd have gone through all their their, their Leash championship matches that we have and uh right through to the final and then obviously the, the, the Moorfield game as well and we did look at last year's stuff so um, I suppose nowadays everything is there you can you can get access to all these matches so where years ago you probably couldn't and you're you're going on information and a bit of a word here from somebody about a certain player but it's pretty much all there to be seen no more than I'm sure part of you're looking at all that stuff it's all up online so um, you can always get access to these things but uh, yeah it's important I think you'd be foolish not to look at it and, and, and try and get as much knowledge as you, as you possibly can about whoever the opposition may be and um, we'd be doing that right the way through since the start of the season so we just continue in the same vein And how's uh, Keane O'Sullivan he didn't play the last day? No no he, he had a stag uh, for the Dunboyne game so um, look was it a tricky one for him did he you know, did he cancel the stag and maybe stay for the match or did he not and um, he was carrying a slight little strain in the hamstring for that game so you know when you weigh it all up you said look you know he's, he's given so much to the county and the club uh, he probably felt look this is one he, he needed to do it was his own if someone else's stag obviously would have cancelled but it was his own one he probably couldn't cancel and leave the rest of them out there in Spain having a jolly up so but uh, look he was brilliant I mean to get back even in time for the game he was never going to play against Dunboyne but it just showed his where he is, his leadership that he wanted to get back just to be there to see how it goes and again lend his influence on the day so um, it was brilliant to have him even for that you know And you were happy enough I remember texting I was going to miss a game I was going to be away in a stag in Newcastle and texting a manager to tell him this and I just got a message back saying <laughs> are you for real? <laughs> One of my best mates stag like you know so were you happy yeah, enough that were, yeah. you, were you as diplomatic as you put it there? Yeah, like there's probably a bit of a bit of history where Johnny cancelled his own his own stag for a championship match. So I suppose Keane was under a little bit of pressure with that in the background. But uh, as I say, I think the fact that that he had the slight strain um, probably wouldn't have been risked anyway. So uh, that made it a little bit easier to to say go. But you know, again, it's different kind of nowadays. Guys are. You know they give so much to it that when these things happen, sometimes you know they do have a life outside of football as well, and they need to be able to enjoy that. And, and you, you know what happens if you say no, you can't go. You're, you've got an unhappy footballer then for for the mm. remainder of the season. So I think where you can do it, you should, and, and, and let them have that bit of downtime as well. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, you mentioned playing Dunboyne. So you're living there. Your, your wife from there is that right? Yeah, yeah, wife is there and brother-in-law be playing two yeah. brother-in-laws would have played so, and David, so, David obviously is still playing yeah so. so you're playing against two brother-in-laws and you've played for them you've managed them and your wife from there it was like yeah. <laughs> I take it that was a tough week for you it was tricky yeah it was very very tricky to build up I didn't I have to say no I didn't enjoy it it was it was, it was quite awkward and uh, even for the kids in school it was a little bit tricky oh. you know because my youngest my youngest had a tie could be at all the matches for Kim McCord but obviously plays were done by so uh, it was a bit tricky from that side of thing. but like you know, it was all a bit of banter but I was I tell you I was glad when it was over just to see the back of it and be, be able to move on to the next one and uh, I suppose with David playing more so than anything is probably his last match um so to be involved in that he's gone around three decades he's won three championships in three different decades so I suppose to be around for his last game was, was special from a family point of view uh, mm. for all of us so um, nice to be a part of that difficult for him on, on, on that losing score I suppose in the way maybe Dunboyne played but uh, as the other brother said the other brother-in-law said it's a memory that we'll have as a family for, for whatever number of years and that's something we should we should enjoy and not, and not be worried about so that's the kind of approach we took to it you know Yeah who was the wife supporting or was she just staying out of it? 
Oh no, she was the Dunboyne gear all the way. Yeah, <laughs> actually, we have a good photo after after the Jews game. She was back in the clubhouse with the family in Kilmacourt, and a photo with herself. She would have worked for Keane O'Sullivan, so she was there in her Dunboyne top and Keane in the in the Kilmacourt top. Uh, no, no, she was sticking to the parish all the way. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't get her to change, but outside of that, she'd be supporting us, all right. <laughs> well, uh, is managing in Dublin a little bit different to to me than like so you've obviously done both. You played in both, like. Again, just from my point of view, I feel like there's such a positive influence from the Dublin senior team into the players. Like you hear them talking about what Dublin are doing and what they heard, and you know you don't get that in Derry, really. <laughs> like you know, if anything, you get a bit of disdain towards the senior team. <laughs> yeah, I think I think there's a there's a definite plus from that. I mean, I suppose me they're going through a bit of a tough patch at the moment, but uh, Andy's Andy's doing all he can to get them at the other side of that. But yeah, there's there's huge positives. I said earlier, like when Keane and Paul are coming back. The influence they show is is probably what's expected of them when they're in the in the Dublin jersey, and, and they bring that when they're back in, in in the club jersey as well. And I'm sure all the guys are the same. They're a, they're obviously a brilliant, talented squad, Dublin. But from all accounts, from the, when they come back, a bit like Cody had with the Kilkenny lads, when you go back, you're representing your club and your and your county, and, and, and you make sure you do it well. And uh, the fact Dublin play a particular way and. You know, I hear people giving out, say they're defensive at times or whatever. Maybe they're forced into that, but generally they're trying to play football the right way, and I think that's kind of breeding itself back into into the club's club scene as well. Yeah, and so what about like the style of play? Like, sort of, is there, is there a difference between the counties? I saw a great interview with Paul Galvin last year when he was going back to play with Kerry or play in Kerry after playing with Plunkett's. He was basically saying that yeah. he was a different player in Dublin than he was in Kerry, and he had to adapt. Like, so is that something that you've appreciated more, like seeing that? It is different in different counties. Oh yeah, no doubt. Even even I remember my own move from Kilmacud to Dunboyne at the time as a player, and I suppose I was going down and expecting Darren Fay and Mark and O'Reilly and all these guys to be you know right on top of you and giving you the digs and mm. the old school stuff, but it didn't happen to that extent. You know, I think maybe just the pace of it in Dublin is slightly quicker maybe than than than, than in me than maybe other counties. Um, but the physicality of it is it's all pretty sim- nowadays. It's all pretty similar. I don't think there's any big you know, huge big physical side going around playing dirty like in the old days. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there would be a difference. There's no doubt about it, yeah. You haven't seen many games in Derry then, Robbie? <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I, I missed the Derry Challenge going to most, most years, all right, in fairness, yeah. yeah I'm worried you're going to love imagine what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just put on record, I love the Derry Championship, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better, you better say that. I think finally I was just going to ask you about Paul Mannion, because obviously he's absolutely flying for you. I think, I don't know if it was you or Johnny were saying that he was playing on half a leg against Judes in the final, but, I mean, my God, like, this yeah. man is incredible. Like, he's shown that he's one of the best forwards in Ireland, isn't he? Yeah, I think there's no doubt. I think that was me saying he was struggling with a hamstring, and it's it's been at him for 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 a few weeks. But he's pretty clear now, thank God. But uh, yeah, he's taken that form from Dublin right back back into the club, and and again, that can be hard to do. You know, yourself trying to step back in from the use of playing one way with, with with the county and maybe coming back into the club. But yeah, he's carried it through up to this, and um, he's absolutely flying. I mean, he's. I think that breakaway when he went to China uh, for the year and he came back and realised he just wasn't at the races physically compared to some of the other Dublin guys at the time and he worked really hard and get himself into that shape and he's in phenomenal like, like he's taller than most people think you know mm. he's, he's he's quite a big man people just see him as a nippy kind of kind of forward he's not he's he's big and strong and quick and um, he's really accurate you know stepping up obviously as I often say if Dean Rock is happy to give Paul Mannion the penalties he must be going well so <laughs> yeah. um, another string he's added to his bow so and again like no more than Keane or Andrew or McGowan you know they're just humble guys and they come back in and there's no there's no airs or graces about them they just fit back in and uh, it's great to have him in that form at the minute you know as I say one of the top guys in the country so hopefully that continues Willie was saying that he feels like Mannion's sort of sacrificing some of the amazing stuff he can do you know for the team in Dublin and obviously it works because they win all Ireland's do you think that like, like he scored those couple of ones from near the sideline you know against Judes and you know taking men on a bit more maybe at club level do you feel that maybe he could even yeah. do, do even more at county level I think he could I think he's one of the I think the stats shows he's one of the highest tacklers from a Dublin perspective and, and point of view and again I suppose at that level that's a box uh, Jim Gavin probably wants ticks so he does that really well yeah when he's back with us I don't think it'd be any secret that we we, 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 we try to keep him up higher up the pitch if we can Um because he's so effective at what he does when he's up there but he's got so many strings to the bow with. and we leave it up to him going to be honest he decides he needs to go back and, and, and put a tackle in he did it against the Vesters in the quarter final where his man had gone and won a kick out and I don't know a split second later Manny had taken it off his boot 
um, having sprinted back to, to, to dispossess yeah. him. So he does it when he when he sees fit. But yeah, up front he's he's. I mean, that's that's where he does the majority of his work for us, and uh, he's lethal at it at times. But uh, you, you can see from the Dublin point of view the way the game has gone in intercounty. He has to. He's got to do those runs and track back and find himself in those. And he's the engine to do it. So why not? I suppose. Yeah, like and listen, I wouldn't, I wouldn't question really Jim Gavin because he's won four, four All Irelands in a row. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he knows what he's talking about a bit. <laughs> but I just, I do like, I, I find myself just sort of getting lost and watching Paul Mannion now playing for Kilmacud Crooks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're looking to think is he going to track back or what's he going to do? But, uh, I know he's great, and as I always said to him, if he could add a right foot into, under that left foot now, he'd be nearly completely unstoppable. So that's his next target. Ah, oh, Jesus, he's all right. He's all right as he is. <laughs> Leave him as he is. Yeah, well, here, Robbie, thanks a million. Not at all. Dear, it's great to finally get to interview you. Yeah? Oh, really, yeah. <laughs> do you, do you, why do you, is it great? Why do you not do many interviews? I don't know, really. Yeah, I must have been asked to do a whole pile of Really? Yeah. Have you ever rang me? I know we spoke about the defensive side of things. If you're coming in and you want to be, if you want to be the Woolly Parkinson and and just play for myself and an, in, an intercounty corner forward isn't just hatching inside either. He's, no, you know, no. He's, uh, unfortunately for you, Woolly, it won't last forever. You can ask ex-players that. You can ask your, you know that yourself, Woolly. Yeah. Um, Mine never started at yeah, all. Well, <laughs> that's, that's neither here nor there. Okay, Mickey Graham, you you are 60 minutes from becoming the first ever Longford club to contest a Leinster senior football final. There must be some buzz around the place. Yeah, look, at I suppose um, the the parish itself and, and the club itself is still on a high after winning the third county final in a row and it was a great achievement just to complete that. But yeah, I suppose after the last game against Road, um, there's been great excitement and people are looking forward to the semi-final now. But uh, we're under no illusion how tough it's going to be. You know, um, We're not looking any further than that game, no more than when we were in the county final. We weren't looking to Leinster at all. You just have to take it one game at a time. But yeah, there is a great buzz around the place and a lot of excitement at the moment and everyone looking forward to the game at hand. How big is Mullen Alacta? Yeah, it's only ten, it's really a half parish, a ten townlands in it basically. That's it. It's a think of a population of three hundred and fifty people to four hundred. That's the population of it. Jesus. It's a half parish of Gowna, uh, which runs into Cavan, so it's really tiny. It's probably it is the tiniest parish in Longford and it's the smallest club in Longford, so and probably one of the smallest clubs in the country, I'd say, you know, as as it stands. Jesus, so I was just gonna ask what's what's your playing population like? You know, what sort of panels are you working with? Yeah, we're working of a panel of about 25 to 26, like, you know, so when you take that into consideration of, you know, the amount of people that live in the parish and then, you know, and that's including men, women and kids as well, so, you know, to to pull a, t- a team, a quality team like that together is an achievement in itself, yeah. like, you know. Is, is everyone just involved in the club in the parish then, or how is it working? Yeah, it is. It's a really tight-knit parish. Everybody is involved in it, basically. And, you know, if you look back uh, over the last three years, it's basically the same players. We've lost nobody and we've gained nobody in those three years. So it's basically working off the same panel of players. And we're just lucky that we haven't picked up any injuries or any lads have had to, you know, emigrate or anything like that. Because, as I said, we're such a small a small community and such a small panel. So you need everybody, you know, that you, everybody around and everybody, you know, putting, putting the work. Working. Yeah, and how, how did uh, how did you get in the job come about with them? Yeah, I was I was over in Longford coaching um, managing Clongish for three years previously to that. So um, and then when I left them, I was actually going to take a year out, and Mullinyakti came and asked me where to get involved. So yeah. that's where that's where it started. I suppose I would have known them from coming up against them with with Clongish down through the years. So I would have known that there was you no know, potential within within that group of players and within the club. You know. Yeah, that's. I'm just. I'm still. I'm still gobsmacked by those numbers you give me. So, like, do you have players playing in Dublin or what? Take it they're all still. Nobody would transfer away from this club because it's so small. No, actually, there's probably two players. Um, you know, JJ Matthews and Kevin Mulligan, who were emigrated to New York, and they would have played inter county football with them for uh, about five or six years ago. So mm. they were two lads that was lost to the club, and two big losses, considering the, you know the player pool that would be within Mullinyak. So you know they were huge losses, but be able to go and do what they've done without those two uh, players, the quality that them players had, you know, is a, is a testament to the lads themselves that they didn't 
let them affect us. It, you know, losing them didn't affect the lads, and they just worked harder. And you know, as I said, we have a lot of lads working away out, you know, in Dublin and in Drogheda, Ashbourne, and you know, that make the effort and sacrifices to get home for training, which would it be very easy for them lads just to go and, and play where they're living. But no, they just have such a commitment to Mullinyakta, and and you know, the sacrifices to make for the for the for the team is is second to none. So they are living elsewhere in those, in those little towns that you're talking about, Ashburn, Drogheda, but they're still playing with Mullinyakta. Yeah, they're still playing with Mullinyakta. Yeah, look, we have a lads, a couple of lads that are in the guards that are based in different counties, you know. And as you know, the shift work and that it makes it very hard to 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 make training sessions. But them lads make the sacrifices to be there, and you know, it's no coincidence that you know the rewards are are, are showing and they're getting the rewards that they deserve. That's amazing. And what what would the support be like? I mean, again, is it a case of everybody in the parish is coming out to watch you, or what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, the support is, is tremendous. I have to say, for such a small parish, everybody gets behind the team. It's the life and soul, you know, the G is the life and soul of the whole parish. And, you know, it's there's a great buzz, as I said, it's a great community. Everybody is, is behind the team. And no matter over the last number of years, you know, they, they'll they'll get behind them. And even if the result doesn't go the way, they'll wait and tap the lads off the field because they appreciate all that they have done the last number of years. And they know that... You know, this is a small window of opportunity at the moment and, you know, Mullinacht are just making the most of it and enjoying every minute of it now while they can because they know that it's not going to last forever and these days might never come back again because of such a small population and, as I said, they're making the most of every every minute of it. And yeah, it's funny because I was just going to ask you, like, uh, obviously you've been there now for three in a row and I was going to ask, was Leinster something that you're thinking about all year now? You know, you've, you've won two, at the start of this year you had won two championships, now let's start thinking about Leinster. But it sounds like you can't really afford to do that. No, no, we can't afford. We take nothing for granted over there, let me tell you, because we know that every day we go out we have to perform to the best we can because uh, two or three lads not performing and we know that you know we're, we're going to struggle and you know it's a challenge in itself just to, to get up for all those games but the lads just keep finding it and keep digging out results and keep grinding out results and they're just a testament to themselves and the people within Mullignac to see that the lads are giving it everything and that's all you can ask from any team when they take the field so while yeah, you know you, you talk about Leinster we've been very competitive in Leinster the last number of years uh, we were very unlucky last year against Lomans they beat us by a pint but you know going into the last seven or eight minutes of that game we were found ourselves five pints up and we let it slip so then Lomans went on and probably were unlucky not to win Leinster after that so you know we know that we can, can be we can be competitive on our day when we bring our best performances, but it's about bringing our best performances when we arrive, and that's that's the key, you know, and that's been the key for the last number of years. Was it tough for you coming off the back of a county final where you won by fifteen points, and then you're going on to play Road, who would fancy themselves in the provincial series? So you, you've won by fifteen points, then you're playing Road, and then there's only fourteen scores in that game altogether. Like was that was that a tough transition? <laughs> I tell you, it probably wasn't as regards. It was our first game on the road in the Leinster Club Championship, and we knew we were coming up against an experienced team in road who have been in numerous Leinster finals. So we knew that it was a huge game, and we knew that we'd have to go down and perform and give it everything we had because they were such uh, such a formidable outfit. So it was a challenge for us as regards to see you know what this team was made of to go down to Tullamore and try and get a result. So we were really up for that game because we wanted to know where, where we were at. And we also knew in the last number of years that we were a match for anybody on any given day. So, you know, it was an easy game to get up for as regards. There was no pressure on us going down there. People weren't expecting much from us. You know, everyone was talking about road, maybe getting to another Leinster final. So we went down there with no pressure, but we went down so also trying to, you know, show that we 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 were every bit as good as them and there was no reason why people would write us off going into that game. So it, that was an easy game to get motivated for, you know. Yeah, and like, so you have Eroog, the Carlo champions in the semi-final Obviously, Dublin and Leash champions are in the other semi-final. Uh, like, are you in the mix here? Like, I know you're not going to say you're, you're only looking at this game, but are you as competent as everybody else that you couldn't go on and win? 
Oh, well, look, at this stage, you're in a semi-final of a provincial championship. Like, but as I said, you know, coming from my work after coming from, you know, after it took this club 66 years to bridge the senior championship and all of a sudden you find yourself in the Leinster club semi-final in a matter of years. So, you know, we're, on, we're, no, we've no, we're under no illusion how tough this game is going to be on Sunday and Aerog will be looking at it the same. It's a huge opportunity for both clubs. You know, you're on the verge of a Carlo or a Longford team being in the length the final and as the cliche goes you know when you get to a final it's all on the day no matter who it is whether it's Air Rogue or Mullignac that they get to that length of final um, you know they're not going to be given much hope in that final so you know they'll go in with nothing to lose in their game either team to whoever gets to it so you know it's it's a huge opportunity uh, I know from Longford's point of view, no Longford team has ever been in a Leinster club. So just to get there would be would be an achievement in itself, you know, and maybe for years to come will be, you know, laid the foundation for other teams to follow and follow follow suit. But, you know, it's just as far away as ever. We still have to just go out and try and perform and see what happens. Absolutely. I mean, tell me, you got the Cavan job in August. It's been a it's been a hell of a long run into it, hasn't it? It has, it has, it has. Yeah, look, at I suppose you're out of the house every night of the week now, basically. But look, it's great to be in this position. And, you know, I'm delighted that the lads are still going strong in Mullen Yachta, plus uh, up and running now with Cavan as well. But I have a good team around me there, and we've been able to manage things so far. We balance right, and things have been running smoothly. And, you know, hopefully that continues. But, yeah, it's been a long run into it. Um, busy times. But look, at when you're enjoying it, it makes that wee bit easier. And so also, when you're winning as well probably makes that wee bit easier as well so look at it's only for a short time the season's nearly coming to an end from the club point of view so you know hopefully that can continue but as I said it's, it's, it's an enjoyable time and it's a great time to be involved in football this time of year Yeah now when I look at this team I see Mickey Graham and Dermot McCabe I'm, I'm expecting total football here now Mickey yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at as I said. Yeah, look at we're 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 building blocks slowly but surely. <laughs> we're taking it one step at a time, as the fella says. But yeah, look at it's a new challenge and it's a totally different ball game from the club scene. And you know, there's a lot more to it, as you say, and a lot more expectation within Cavan. I suppose Cavan are steeped in, in huge tradition, mm. and you know, they expect results to come quickly. But unfortunately, that hasn't happened the last number of years. We've only won one Ulster Championship game in five years so we have yeah. to be realistic of where we're at too and we'll just look to take it game by game there and hope, hopefully you know, join the league build a team that's preparing and getting ready for, for Championship and that's what it's all about Is there still like uh, expectation around the county from those four Ulster under-21s you're probably sick hearing about it but from t- 2011 to 2014 you won the four Ulster under-21s and there always was a bit of Expectation that Cavan would push on then in Ulster senior. Like, is there? Do you feel that now as you're as you're the manager? Yeah, look, there is. As I said, Cavan is a huge tradition. There's always expectation, you know, no matter what. Every but every year, Cavan expects you to be competing in Ulster finals. Unfortunately, the last one was back in 2001. I was involved myself in mm-hmm. that one, and you know that's 17 years ago now, and it's. 21 years ago since we won it so like it's 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 a long long time and we haven't really beaten any of the top teams in Ulster as regards of Monaghan or Donegal or Tyrone in the last 15 years I think it is so you know while, while the expectation is there you know we have need to be realistic as well this is where we're at and you know it's not going to happen there's no quick formula to success. We're going to just have to get the head down and work hard, as I said, and take one game at a time and hopefully build towards that. So that should be the aim. And we just have to be patient and, you know, as I said, just give us time to, to get our feet under the table and, and get working with the lads, you know, and, and try and build build a team for not just next year, but maybe for the next three to four or five years moving forward. Yeah, I read a report there that said a very few of the 74 players that won those under-21 medals in the four years, they very few of them subsequently graduated into the senior squad where have they gone? Yeah look there's a, there's a number of things I suppose a number of lads when you know no matter in every county after under 21 a lot of lads drift away from the game and you know fall out of love with it and then that between lads emigrating and looking to go travelling and then just other lads just aren't enjoying it as regards the commitment for senior football now is huge it's 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 a full time job nearly because you're at it five to six times a week and it takes up a huge part of your life and some lads just don't have the commitment for that because it's either all or nothing and then also 
maybe the style of play that Cavan has played in the last number of years, lads weren't enjoying it and just felt that, you know, they weren't getting out of it what they wanted. So there's numerous reasons for that, but it's 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 worrying from a Cavan point of view that we've lost so many players and what we, even the last number of years your your panels have changed by twelve to fifteen players every year. You don't seem to have a consistency of a of a panel that you nearly have every year to keep working on because you're trying to build a team and it's not going to happen within three or four months it could take 12 to 18 months to get lads up conditioned and get them up to the standard that's required to play into county football but unfortunately there's been such a turnover of players Calvin haven't been able to do that so it's something that we'll be hoping to do uh, moving forward is to get a settled panel and you know have an open door policy but as regards losing players we'll be looking to hold on to lads more so than, than letting them go you know Yeah I, I saw a quote from you uh, talking about Oh, there was, I'm talking about these under-21 teams all the time but so many players gone but you said that uh, the forward line was littered with defenders and a lot of those teams like, so do you think that was didn't lend itself to a long-term strategy where it was just like let's try and win this and probably didn't help the senior cause in the long term? Yeah, look, at I suppose at that time, Cavan, you needed to get a bit of success at underage and they'd done what they had to do and mm. maybe, you know, they played a defensive brand of football. But it got some results, you know, and they got them four Ulster titles and that's what it's all about. It's about, you know, the success no matter what people say. That That is there now. You can say Cavan have won four under-21s in a row. But did they lose, you know, players because of that? Probably lost a few forwards because in those teams there would have been a few defenders playing as wing half or forwards or whatever and a lot of forwards you know that were probably natural forwards you know ended up doing more work ethic and they weren't able to play their natural game so you know naturally they just drifted away from it and they, you know they lost confidence from it and while it was great for the success you know long term wise you did lose players because of that as well And but that's no fault to, to the people who was over them teams or that it's just the way that they felt that they could get success and it worked so as I said, but look, at it's 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 all history now, and it's about trying to get all them lads back, hopefully, and get the best players in Cavan playing again. Yeah, and like, do, do you think there is a bit of um, I don't know if ego is the right word, but like, I don't think people outside Ulster get how you know how like traditional Cavan is, and how much of a powerhouse it is in Ulster, and how you know people expect Cavan to play good football and win things. But then, you know, recently you had Joe Brawley saying called the Black Death of football, and does that hurt or does that irk of people in Cavan? Um, it does, you know. You know, it does hurt, and and the people of Cav, as I said, you know, they they love coming to games, they love getting behind the county, and they love having something to cheer about. And you know, supporters have, you know, kind of um, stopped following Cav in the last number of years because maybe the style of football that was adapted the last number of years, and because it wasn't attractive. And you know, this is a results-based business now. It's all about results, and some counties are happy just to get results. It doesn't matter how you play, but. You know, we'd be hoping that, you know, you can try and play a bit of attractive football, but at the same time, you know, that you're not getting exposed at the back as well. And it's about trying to get that balance and trying to get the people to see that what you're trying to do, that it mightn't work straight away, but you're 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 trying to, to attempt to get the balance right. And if people, if genuine people see that, they know you're heading in the right direction and they will come out and follow. But yeah, look at, as I said, Cavern would be up there with the likes of the Kerrys and the Mayos and Dublins when it comes to tradition and... and uh, and a powerhouse as regards support wise and, and football wise you know yeah and tell me do you, do you recommend ma- managing a club team and a county team at the same time definitely not um, <laughs> any man that, that, that thinks it's, it's a great idea should be, uh, go and get themselves checked out because <laughs> it is it is very demanding when you have a young family as well and you're walking out every evening out the door you know and when they come back and they're in bed it's, it's tough but as I said look at um, isn't it great to be in the position that I'm in you know not too many people get that that opportunity and you know it's it's one that I'm enjoying at the moment because I know that it will eventually uh, one of them will come to as regards the club scene will come to an end soon so as I said you just have to make the most of why we can but uh, look at it it's a full the club scene has got like that now too it's a full time job it's four nights a week now it's getting more and more professional every year and more clubs are you know really cranking up the, the as I said the professionalism that's brought with it now and teams are getting managers, trainers, nutrition, strength and conditioning coaches in. So it's it's really starting to move as as regards in the county direction as well, the club scene, you know. Yeah. Well here Mickey, thanks very much for your time and all the best at the weekend. Thanks very much. Appreciate that. Thank you.
Are you going to get up or are you going to stay in bed? I, I said, we have a game there about half three. If you, <laughs> if you, if you, wouldn't, mind, if you wouldn't mind joining us. <laughs> didn't even start like, didn't even go for the back. Took his line, took his extra five minutes. It was like, it was like the snooze button. Hit the, hit the snooze button for another five minutes. Rolled out of bed. One seven that day. Alright, Kier Malloy, what is in the water down in Corofin? By God, you're playing some stuff. Ah, uh, look, we're just trying to do our best, that's all we can do really now, being <laughs> honest. Well, your best, your best is very, very good, Kieran. Ah, <laughs> uh, look, it just seems to be going right as of now. Yeah, what, what, what is it like? Because there is sort of this, obviously when you win All-Irelands, people will talk about you anyway, but there's this sort of mystique, I think, building up around Corofin because the football you're playing is class. Like, and I remember playing against you in the sevens down in Kilmacud and... You know, it was all these bodies just streaming forward, like, and you couldn't get a hand on anyone. And I just thought, well, it's sevens, that's what they do. But it actually seems like you play that way in 15 aside as well. I would like we to try to implement some parts of the game, the game of sevens, really, like when we're playing as well. Like, obviously, getting the ball up there as fast as you can and not allowing the team to set is probably the best chance you're going to get to score, really. Like, so. yeah, spider and getting, getting off the pitch quick, like. And, and like is is there some sort of ruthless like are you are you going for goal every time or like you know I know you're not always going to get goal but is that sort of the first objective go for goal and if you can't clip it over because and I know the game the last day sort of went away from like from Clan Gale but like a lot of the points were coming handy when you were sort of in behind I felt uh, well no like it's not really the mentality to get goal every time like it's just get the ball up there and put it over the bar as quick as you can really like and get back and get set and try and win the next kick out mainly yeah. So if, if goals come, they come. Like you know, we're not going to force anything when we're going forward. And what what about your own brief? Like because every time I looked up in that game at the weekend or last week, you were <laughs> it seemed like you were bombing towards the goal line. Even if you didn't have the ball, it was like you were taking another body away from me. Uh, well, like there's two t- two things really when you're going forward. It's just either you're going to help out a lad and try to get him out of trouble, or pull away, pull a lad away and make space for someone else to kick a point or get through on goal or whichever it is. Like so just to get up there and lend a hand mainly yeah and like, I take it I take it there's a lot of kick passing this sounds so basic but I take it you work a lot people talk about Cross McGlenn as a great kick passing team especially Joe Brawley but I mean when I watch Cora Finn it's as mostly textbook as you can get it's kick it's lay it off you know when it's kick again and it's it's just beautiful to watch I take it that's something that's been implemented the whole way through the club from underage yeah underage is a big thing about kicking the ball like you know you don't want to like Kicking the ball is faster than the lad running with it. Like so, if you can, we're always drilled into us up through the ages. Kick the ball, kick the ball. You know, move it as fast as you can. So. Yeah. And how do you see this this game going at the weekend with Ballantubber? Because I think they might set up a bit more defensively, so you know, your chances might be a bit more limited. You probably used it from the county final, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Well, like it's it's hard to know. Like they're very experienced players and like very versatile players as well. Like so, they could set up or they could keep going forward or they could like go fifteen on fifteen. We're not too sure yet. Like, but you no. Know, hopefully, it'll be a free flowing game of football. Like, if you get me. Have you have you seen much of them? Um, I I haven't personally. No, no. But I don't know. Have a few lads been going to the matches? You know, when they were playing Brafey, I know a few of the lads on the team they were going to the games and just watching it. But I don't know where they and analyze an incident like, but they thought they're a good team, like yeah, you know, very very good, very good experienced players there, like Alan Dillon and the um, O'Connor. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about Jeremy O'Connor. I mean, he's absolutely flying at the minute. He must have seen at least a, a few clips or heard a few stories about him in the last couple of months. Yeah, he, he's really dictating the pace up there, like a lot. He's getting on an awful lot of ball, and you know, we might try just mark him out of it. We don't know yet at all what we're going to be doing. But he is very, very good. Like so, he'll, he's one definitely to watch. And like, I take it that is something like you'll talk about a lot. And you're not going to give me any big secrets, but like, Damon <laughs> O'Connor will be talked about at midfield. He's running riot. Like somebody will be detailed to go on him. I take it. Um, I'm not too sure, being honest now, because I'm not involved too much in the midfielders. They, you know, they could be saying something different to them. I'm not sure, but you know, I like to think I don't want to be a man marking job or not, but. We'll definitely be keeping an eye on him. Do you, do you think there's an advantage for Ballantubber because it's in McHale Park? Uh, 
not really like when it comes when it comes to these things I don't believe there's home advantage a lot sure they'll have a lot of fans like but really it's the 30 lads on the pitch and the subs that come in that's really all down to in the end you know yeah. home advantage wouldn't wouldn't really in my game anyway wouldn't really um, dictate the pace or dictate how the game is going to go and how does that how does that favour tag sit with you like especially you know it's still a club team like as good as Corofin are it's still largely a club team like with mostly club players and you know, every single game you go into, it seems like you're, you're red hot favourites, and then like like the county final the first day out. You know, you almost get caught. Yeah, look, we the county final was a bit of a it was a bit of a curveball thrown us, like you know, but we just had to adapt and try try get something, and in the end, we managed to pull it out of the bag to get a draw, like. Yeah, and obviously the scenes afterwards were, were great. Like, it, like I take it they core in people just live and breathe football. Oh, live and breathe it, yeah. The, like, the supporters are absolutely fantastic. Like, they really, like, every time you'd be walking, going down to the shop or anything or coming into training, there's always lads there watching and congratulating you and wishing you the best of luck. Like, they're absolutely brilliant. Like, and even the kids coming out to you after the games and saying, well done. Like, you know, it's, it's all new for me, really. Like, but still, it, I think it's brilliant. Yeah, and the flip side of that, if you have a bad game, the same boys might say that you had a bad game. I don't know you've heard it once or twice but you know young lads they never lie (laughs) (laughs) and tell me this like do you feel like almost Corofin players are nearly a bit of a victim of their own success that it might be holding now I know you're a young lad and like you were happy to be involved with the Galway team this year but the fact that Ian Burke is the only player like that was starting for Galway like do you feel like that's holding you back a little bit Corofin who are doing so well and then you're joining the Galway camp later on um, I don't know. I, like, it's it's very hard to like. Um, geez, uh, you know the camaraderie. Like you're in late, obviously, and some lads you know maybe Ian certain. I don't know about other lads, but Ian certain there. Like you know, I felt he would have deserved, but maybe other lads wouldn't have. But mm. he's definitely good enough. But as regards club going so far, it is um, tough trying to get into the uh, goal setup at all. Like and you know trying to give yourself the best chance of starting. Like. Yeah, because these yeah. these boys like they, they probably start training in December, maybe unofficially before. Huh? Who am I to say? But you know, when you're not joining them until till March, really. So by that stage, you have almost all the league done. They've been together four or five months training, having meetings, and then yeah. you're just sort of proving yourself again. Like like Spacey is a new fella on the panel. Like, did, did you find that tough? Um, I did. Yeah, find it tough. But like you know, the lads in there, they're <clears throat> they're very accommodating. Like mm. the manager and the players, like the players totally understand and sort of the management like but they, I, I believe they would be trying to give you the best the fairest shot that they can you know yeah and well I suppose it proves that it's the person to put in with Ian Burke then who's on to win an all-star like you know if, he's, if he can be used he will be used yeah exactly yeah so and, just. and sorry tell, tell me this Kieran. like what your own hopes this year is it is it going to be a bit more sort of a bit more action for Galway what, what is it personally annoy for you when you set out at the start of the year um, well personally like well at the start of the club championship we'd say you know obviously do as well as we can try and go to Galway and try and get through Connacht or whatever like but we were always focusing on one game at a time but when it comes to Galway like I would like to be more involved this year if I can but um, you know it is still very hard with clubs going as far as we did last year like and hopefully this year we'll go as far and I might have another tough decision like <laughs> yeah I was just going to ask you the last time I was talking to you was a couple of months ago and you were telling me the story of making your way from I think it was a Connor Park in Offaly up to Santry in a car eating a banana because you were going from an All-Ireland semi-final with your club to the Sigerson final with GMIT and you got on for the second half like are you worried almost <laughs> with Cora Finn's progress that, that that potentially could happen again you, know, you could have another decision like that where your club and your college are clashing well uh, anyway as well but um, uh, I could I, I would be worried like but it shouldn't it shouldn't happen like that shouldn't it shouldn't have to come to that with the fixtures like you know you'd imagine they'd be able to put one game back maybe a couple more hours or whatever like but you know it is worrying having to think I could have to make that decision again maybe this year if we do if we do do very well with college yeah, yeah, and again, you're being you're a victim sort of of your own success. Corofin do well, NUIG do well, and you know you can't then play for the two of them like you would like. And, and as you said, like you know, never mind the fact that they should be on different weekends or whatever or midweek. But yeah, like have it a couple of hours apart to give you a chance to get to the bloody game. 
Yeah, exactly. Like you know, I I don't know whose fault it was, or could they have genuinely could they have done anything about it with the fixtures? But it's all with now anyway. Like so, <laughs> yeah, they won't have. And like, like, tell me physically, like, because I know mentally, like, it probably would have been not tough. Like everyone's celebrating, so you're happy, but you're running off the pitch straight away as as, as the supporters that you talk about are coming on. And your your head is now in Santry to get up there, but like physically, how did you feel? Like you know, I know you said you had a banana and probably a Lucasade, but like you know, like, did you feel all right, ready to come on? Were you cold? Did you need like you know how did how did it go when you came on? Adrenaline took over, like yeah. you know, you, you don't even think about it. Like you just want to. When the game was in the balance, when it was up in um, Dublin, like it was very hard to even. Like, it, it wasn't hard to come on, but after the game, I I really felt fatigued. Then after the game, like yeah. Now, don't think I done too much in the semi final, really. Like, but still, it was heavy ground, like, and the legs were a bit dead after the game up in Dublin, but. As the journey go, as going up in the journey or all that crack, it didn't even feel my legs. It didn't even come into my mind at all. Yeah, you were just getting updates. Were you on the game? Not even getting updates. I just wanted to get up there. Like I wasn't even. I didn't even think of the score as I said. (laughs) Yeah, and well, like I actually was trying to think of the best way to ask you this, like the least cliched way possible, but like. What is your sort of week round and year round routine like? Because the way I look at it, Cora Finn <laughs> finishes in March a lot of the time. Galway finish in September there. Cora Finn then start their championship again, club championship. Then it goes into provincial. The Sigerson starts somewhere in between the provincial and the All Ireland. You know, so how do you deal with that? Obviously, you don't have any off season or you know downtime oh. or a time to peak. You always just have to be on it. Yeah, well, like yeah, no downtime. Like I suppose it's. It's if you don't think about it too much, it's kind of easy just to keep them all flowing into one another. Like, but you know, you'd like a bit more downtime. But if you can't get it, you know, what can you do? You just have to keep training, and you're kind of nearly always fit at that stage. Like, so I like it doesn't bother me at all. Like, it keeps me busy. Like, <laughs> yeah. So you just like playing football? Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Should really be focusing on college. Like, but <laughs> well, here, Kieran. Thanks very much for your time. I appreciate it. No problem at all, Conor. Come here, I want you to talk us through the goal you scored in the county final after 15 seconds. I want you to tell me when you had goal on your mind. Yeah, you've probably had a few 15 seconds experiences yourself. <laughs> you? uh, Wake me up, show me what you got, because I don't want no one in it. Alright, Paddy Power predictions and as I'm on my own I'm probably not going to give you a prediction because nobody's here to argue with me but what I will do is I'll give you a prediction of who's going to be performance of the weekend well maybe the standout from each team and then who will we be talking about on Monday as performance of the weekend um, on Saturday actually I won't do it for this game because it's a Connacht Intermediate Hurling Championship Final um, Turin are playing Mayo or sorry, this is a bad start. Tareen from Mayo are playing Galway's Oren Moore Murray in the Intermediate Hurling Championship Final. And yeah, I'm not going to pick a Paddy Power performance of the weekend from that. But on Sunday, we have the Connacht Club Football Final. Ballantubber against Cora Finn is in McHale Park at 2pm. It's also on TG Cahard Live at 2pm. My guess is going to be, not just because he was on the show, but I think here Malloy will end up being the standout player from that he's a wing back he's absolutely flying gets forward and I think if Ballantubber set up a little bit more defensively then the wing back's going to be crucial and he's somebody who can definitely unlock them from a different a different way I suppose um, the Leinster Club semi-finals Mona Yachta against Era Og of Carlo and Pierce Park I'm going to go with Rian Brady and that because he is absolutely flying for them as well. He scored 1-3 in the final. Um, he missed a couple of goal chances as well. Good against Road. Very sharp player. I think he's going to stand out in that game. Kilmer called Croaks against Port Leash, Parnell Park at 2pm. Paul Mannion, obviously. Monster Club Senior Football Championship Final, Milltown Malbay. Of Clare against Dr. Crooks of Kerry. It's in the Gaelic Grounds. That's on TG Kehar as well, but it's deferred coverage. First game at 2 pm. This game, which starts at 1 30 pm, is the deferred coverage on TV. <sighs> Tony Brosnan and the Monster Club Intermediate Football Championship Final is also on at 1 30 pm in Mallow, Fermoy, Kilcommon. Uh, Kil- Kilcommon against Fermoy, uh, Cork against Kerry. Surprise, surprise. I'm not going to give you 
a Paddy Fire performance of the weekend for that either. But thanks for tuning in. Thanks to the interviewers, and we'll see you next Monday. And Wooly will be back. You'll be glad to hear. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other, and. Uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other, and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. But these fellas will get such a shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their houses for 10 years. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.